This is Wanda Ellett. The following is a podcast of Your Career is Calling. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and to listen live to Your Career is Calling Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on Ryder University's 1077 The Bronx, online at 1077thebronc.com, or via our free Android and iPhone apps. Search and download WRRC1. That's W like Wanda, R like RR like Robert, C like Charlie, the number one. I hope you enjoy this week's edition of Your Career is Calling. Your career is calling. Wanda Ellett is here to make sure you're on the road to success to your dream job. With Your Career is Calling, get the empowerment and tips you need to get going in the tough business world. Your Career is Calling is underwritten by G45 Consulting, Harwell Express Press in Lawrenceville, and Career Development and Success at Ride University. Next job is on the other end, so let's get to this week's edition of Your Career is Calling. Good morning. You are listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett at, well, I'm not at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx and online at 1077thebronc.com, proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. We are not in Killarney's public house studio, but they, you know, generally we are and generally we're broadcasting from there but uh to respect the covid uh 19 orders we are each uh we're on a zoom call and we're pre-recording and we are here in our respective homes and um your career is calling is the first radio show of its kind helping both students and seasoned professionals to manage their careers as a business the ceo of me inc and um I'm here for the next hour uh, with uh, my producer, Anthony Colasano, who is one of Ryder University's interns. And I have the great honor of being with Ed McGowan. Ed, are you there? I am. Hi, Ed. How are you today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How about yourself? Fantastic. (laughs) I'm really excited (laughs) to have you on the show today. Um, Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, and, and, you know, seeing the show, uh, basically what we would do is previously we would discuss, uh, you know, just the traditional topics of resume writing in, you know, interviewing, uh, different tips and tricks like that. And two years ago, what we did was we decided to do, uh, what's your biggest career lesson. And, um, last year we did, what was your biggest career obstacle and how'd you overcome that, um, to provide inspiration and stories of, um, not me too in the me too sense, but me too, like to inspire you that if you've gone through something similar, uh, to take away something from that story and say, I can do it too. Um, So this year, our topic is what's your superpower and how do you market that or how are you sharing that with the world? And, uh, you know, Ed is going to share more of that. He is a, uh, an executive director with, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous. <laughs> well, he's with Lockheed Martin space and, um, and he's going to share a little bit more about his background and tell us a little bit more about himself. Sure. Thank you, Wanda and Anthony. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys this morning. So I'm coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, 58 degrees this morning for what it's worth, by the way. <laughs> so I started my career in the United States Air Force, actually, in 1980. So I'm from Long Island, New York. I went right into the Air Force after high school. 
And I went in for four and spent 22 years. I was what we call a security policeman. So I was a cop for 22 years in the Air Force. I went right after I retired in 22 years, 18 years ago, I started with Lockheed Martin. And I am currently in the Lockheed Martin space business, as you currently, as you mentioned earlier. I've been with Lockheed for 22 years. So being in space, I am on the space coast, but my business is throughout the entire corporation. Uh, the portfolio that I, that I have is spread out throughout the, the entire corporation um, nationwide and even some overseas locations as well. The majority of all of my folks for the most part are all in the Eastern region from the North all the way down to Huntsville, Alabama. So my background as far as education goes is my original, my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice. And I have a, a master's degree in human resources training and development. And as part of my, my education also, I'm an FBI National Academy graduate in 1999. So that's me in 40 years. In a now, if you don't summer. mind me asking, why did you pick the human resources? That's interesting. Like, you know, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily go with you know, criminal justice or something. And then, you know, it's interesting to see like how you made that transition. That's a great question. So when I was in the Air Force, I was also a trainer. So I was certified to train in the Air Force and it's actually part of what we do as, as leaders in the Air Force, we train and, and develop uh, our folks. And I had a really good knack for it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I just, I wanted to kind of explore it a little bit different than just traditional training that I was given in the Air Force. And law enforcement for me after the Air Force wasn't something that I wanted to do. It's the, the, the longer that I did it in my Air Force career, the more disenfranchised I came with it, to be quite honest with you. So I needed to do something different. And the human resources side of the house and training and development was something that, that I felt really pushed to. Oddly enough, uh, I stayed in the security business for 18 years after that. So although I still use some of the training skills, right, um, I still, I'm, I'm still in the security business 40 years later. So it's okay. That's pretty cool because then you're using, you're utilizing some of your, you know, all like you're, you're bringing everything all together and that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's great because you know, it's, it solidifies, you are where you're supposed to be and you're leveraging all your talents, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is your superpower? Yeah, as I kind of mentioned to y'all, uh, Anthony put me at a little bit of a disadvantage. So the, the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you know, the men in the dark suits is what I've kind of learned about uh, the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what they do. And so it, it's kind of funny, you know, they talk about, what their clearance level is and they're in one of the snips that I saw, it was clearance seven. So I guess I'm clearance eight, right? So I'll just use that analogy. But I think for my, my biggest superpower, quite honestly, would be the ability to develop employees and people and, and my level of commitment to them in doing so. So for sure, the level of commitment and helping people understand that change is good when they're really uncomfortable with it, right? And, you know, I always, I always tell folks, part of my job is to make people be comfortable in things that they're uncomfortable doing. And so that was something that I had to learn early, early on in my career where somebody kind of threw me out in front of 
you know, a hundred people to give a briefing and it wasn't comfortable and I learned to do it through anxiety and stress, but that probably propelled me into, uh, it showed a vulnerability side of myself. And then it took me, that lesson enabled me to teach others how you can kind of overcome those through confidence and training and just in the experience, right? So for sure, the commitment level for me being totally committed to what we're doing and the ability to change and develop folks. And that's powerful. And the other thing, like in preparing for the show today, what I thought was powerful about you, and it's interesting because, you know, to give a little bit of the backstory, how we're connected, um, we previously had Scott Alavone on the show. And, um, and he's been listening to the show for a couple of years. I went to school with Scott and, um, and then he networked me to you. And uh, it's interesting because you both have similar superpowers. Um, and it's interesting too, and it's powerful because like coming from the military and then going into a civilian type of role, mm. you know, it, it's, you're bringing a different slant. And, sure. you know, do you have a lot of military, like do you, ha do you hire, have a preference to hire military or are you like open like with others or how's, how are you with that? Sure. Uh, Lockheed Martin is a huge uh, veterans employer. We, we have many, many opportunities for, for veterans, whether you've done an entire career or you've done a few years, right? A veteran is a veteran. And so there are constantly opportunities when we have um, positions that are open. We are, the HR community will forward us folks that are, you know, coming out of the military and coming into the workforce. So certainly from a percentage wise, I don't know where we sit. I will tell you that when I first came to Lockheed Martin in 2002, the team that I was on, probably 75% of us were military. Oh, really? Uh, and, may and maybe it was because of the discipline that I chose, right? So I went back into the security world but totally different, right? Uh, the civilian security is totally different from what we were doing in the Air Force. I was a law enforcement specialist in the Air Force. But the Air Force, you have a very diversified opportunity. You can do many, many things, just not law enforcement sitting in a, in a patrol car. And so coming to Lockheed Martin and seeing that, it made me comfortable. However, I also needed to understand that it wasn't the military. And kind of what you and I discussed before is as I've, as I've gone through my career, my second career, um, my assumption and my bias and my blind spot may have been years ago that civilians don't understand how we are and how to do things. And it's my opportunity to try to change that. And so what I've learned, however, is that the military folks that transition into the civilian sector um, have a hard time assimilating into that culture because it's, you know, we're very rigid and we're very structured. And so if there's no structure, our perception, of course, if there's no structure, <laughs> then, and boy, that, I have to tell you, like, and you and I, we talked about this at length, and, and it's interesting, too, like, because I don't recall you saying you were military police, because I know you were in, like, a security area, but I never affiliated with police, and it was funny, because my dad was also, he was military police with the Army, you know, so then that makes so more sense, like, 
yeah so so it like makes more connection like oh so that's why you know mm -hmm. like you know mm -hmm. like that's the good familiarity but for me being raised by you know a father who was military police you know like that structure that that thinking that mindset like how you address problems that is very familiar to me so i never understood being in corporate america and working on wall street why there was the difficulty and why um there was the challenge for military like people would say working with this boss is so difficult or he's just so mm -hmm. like i can't work with that guy he's just ridiculous and I'd be like scratching my head going, I don't understand. I find them to be very straightforward. There's never any junk. You, you know, mm. this is what I got to do. I got to come back and give a status. Very yeah. simple. <laughs> I, think, I think it's quite honestly, I believe it's the, and by the way, not everyone is the same clearly, yeah. right? So when I first came to Lockheed Martin in 2002 and I showed up to a meeting 10 minutes early and nobody was there, <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's weird. And then, but when you're there and the meeting starts at eight yeah. and people are just now trickling in or bringing their coffee and donuts with them and sitting down five minutes later, that was different for me. And that was a totally shift in culture yeah. that I just was not prepared for. So uh, that's something, but, but you know what? It was my responsibility to be able to learn the corporate culture and how to assimilate into that world instead of saying, hey, you guys are messed up. This is the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. It was a culture and you need to assimilate to it. And it's interesting too, because my dad was always of the ilk, you know, if you're on time, you're 15 minutes late, you know, and it's, if you're five, yeah, if you're, if you're 10 minutes early, you're late. Yeah. You're, you're uh -huh. late. You know, mm -hmm. on time is, is 15 minutes late. Like, what do you do? And he would always right. like, that was a lecture point always. <laughs> right. Right. You know? right. And it's interesting too. Cause like I said, like working for different, uh, military, like bosses that had veteran, you know, they were veterans. Um, like a number of them were West Point grads. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I, I was always confused because mm. I just found them to be, you know, generally very, like I said, very straightforward, uh, they weren't going to sit there and coddle you, you know, mm. and hold your hand and everybody gets a trophy, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're mm -hmm. not, of, mm -hmm. they weren't of that ilk, but they yeah. were more, you know, you, you do your job, you do it well, do the best of your ability. If you screw up, then, you know, let's have a conversation. What happened? Let's, you know, assess the situation and then mitigate, you know, let's make a plan and execute. Like it's not, there wasn't any there highs or lows. And I guess like, mm -hmm. you know, in some of the other bosses, I found to be more difficult because it was more that political aspect of it. And, and, you know, and I think the other thing that's interesting too is, especially as you're talking about your team, that like even assimilating into the culture, because a lot of times when people are interviewing, whether it's for, uh, you know, you're managing your business and you're trying to do, you know, do consulting or, you know, you're there for a position and you're the CEO of me Inc. Um, culture is important. So to understand mm -hmm. that the culture, you know, like your team is, is military, does that work for you? And if evaluating whether or not you're going to be a success for me, it's very comfortable. Like that's, sure. you know, that's, that's a good thing. And, and whether, and I like on both sides of the desk, when you're looking at that, it needs to be addressed that, you know, is this a cultural fit? And 90% of the time there's Gartner's, there's like tons of studies as I'm sure you, you know, you can attest that show like cultural fit is, is 65% of the position, you know, yeah. like when you're evaluating somebody. 
whether or yeah, not and my, and my right and my research you know proved my biases was wrong right because it was that the military veteran actually transitions to multiple positions where uh, and or companies when they, before they finally realize where they're fitting so yeah. you know, I'm, I'm i'm a little bit and the folks that i work with are a little bit of an anomaly because we've transitioned from the military and here we are 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 plus years later yeah. and with one position, so. And that's definitely, well, in, in like the Gartner statistics of the economic landscape in the last 20 years, all are in a position two to three years. So, you know, like not only being anomaly in the veteran space, just it across the board, traditionally in the employment landscape. Sure, you know? sure. I think that that's, and, and these are things I think people need to think about when they're lurking at, at, at opportunities and um, when they're like in, in the interview mode. And especially, I think that's very critical now, especially with the economic, you know, meltdown that in the sure. state that we're in, many people are going to be interviewing, whether they're self-employed and they're going to like engage for a new contract or they're, you know, and, you know, they lost their job. Uh, they've been furloughed. You know, these are right. things that people have to evaluate, you know, now granted mm -hmm. some people are, they're just going to take a job to get a job, but you really, mm -hmm. if you're looking at the long-term strategy, you want to be where you're going to be a success and to yourself up yeah. for success. Well, you know? Both sure. You know? So I, I, we had to take a break. I'm sorry, Anthony. <laughs> like, okay. uh, you're listening to your career is calling. This is Wanda Ellett with the amazing and wonderful, and very interesting and intriguing Ed McGeck. And he, uh, we are in the uh, Killarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And uh, he has been sharing his, uh, his superpower of um, developing his people and, and I think expecting excellence and driving excellence within your people. We'll be right back after a short break. Hello, operator. Will you please let me have Alexander 4444? Line is busy. We're back. And you don't need an operator to get your career on the road to success. All you need is Wanda Ellett. Now let's go on the other line with your career's calling. And we're back. This is Wanda Ellett in the Killarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And today I'm here with the intriguing and interesting Ed McNabb. And uh, he has been sharing some great insight into his superpower, of developing a solid team and I think driving excellence within your team. Um, and in the first segment, we talked a little bit about it, his background. He's an executive director with uh, uh, Lockheed Space. And um, it's interesting because originally he was in the Air Force as military police for, I think he said 22 years. And then he's been with Lockheed Space for about 18. Um, so Ed, uh, if you would, how do you select a team member? Like, how do you, when you're interviewing people, what says that's going to be somebody that's going to fit on my team that I think that they're going to be a good addition? Yeah. So what, you know, traditionally the answer would be, well, we look for somebody who has like skills. But I think in this day and age, and, 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 and I think through a, through a process of trying to, quote unquote, look for the perfect candidate, sometimes that's too hard. So we do have some skills that, you know, up front that we would require. We do require security clearance. So you have to have the background, but some of that stuff is done, you know, behind the scenes by our 
our operations folks. So we don't have to do that, right? As long as somebody can maintain that clearance, but it's a key for us, right? We have to make sure that somebody's able to get the clearance in order to come on board with us. But I think what I've learned over the years is trying to find that perfect candidate just draws out the process even further. Yeah. And so I can go back to someone that I hired probably, let's just call it 10 years ago for argument's sake, uh, when I was living in Dallas and we hired a person who had a marketing background in the radio industry. And wow. so when, when, when we interviewed her, I was, I said to myself, wow, she's in the, she's in marketing and in radio. She has a criminal justice degree. She has no idea what we're doing. And you know what? We took a chance. We knew that she was trainable. She was coachable. She was dedicated. And one of the biggest things to me, what she represented and what she had previously done is that she was committed. And that's a big thing for me. I, you know, I say in order to learn what we, we do, no matter what the discipline is, you have to be committed to it. So, you're, you know, I usually say you're either interested and you're committed. If you're interested, that's fine too, if you want to go through the learning process. But if you want to be, you know, what we call a security professional, you really should be committed to learning a craft. Well, here we are in 2020. She is, she's a superstar, an absolute superstar. And so she's doing fantastic. She's taken challenges and risks, which I also love, right? She wasn't, she didn't want to get pigeonholed. She was good with change. She knew it, right? She was being comfortable and trying to learn those things that she wasn't familiar with. And she just blossomed that way. And so what, the, you know, the Reader's Digest for it for me would be, don't only focus on those that have the skill set specifics that you're looking for. Now, if it's an engineering degree or what have you, clearly you yeah. need that. But in, in my discipline, we have the ability to be able to train folks to, to do things that you don't have to have an engineering degree. And I don't want to trivialize what we do whatsoever. It's important right. and it's very, it's a, it's a great profession, but I don't have to find a person who has a criminal justice background to come in and do what we, con what we call industrial security or cybersecurity, which is another big thing that we have, right? So if you have a person who has the drive and the willingness and the commitment to learn and they're coachable, I'm all in. And that's what we've been doing in order to get people because the competition is tough now. Yeah, so especially now, especially now. Right now it's, 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 it's a hiring dream because mm -hmm. you have the top, very top talent that they're out on the streets as recent as a couple months ago, they weren't. You know, but because right. of this pandemic, you know, people uh, have been laid off and, and, and business has been, you know, crippled to its, you know, beyond, just not even beyond its knees. It's down on its back. And, yeah. um, but, you, and, know, and so you know, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, my, the business that I'm in, you know, in the defense contracting world, we're still hiring. You know, we've hired uh -huh. um, well over a thousand people corporate wide um, since this has started. So, you know, our CEO's commitment is continue to do what we do in order to uh, get a product out to our customers and our, our warfighters. So wow. our business hasn't slowed down. So we're very, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, that's a big place of gratitude, you know, because, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so many industries are just, like I said, they're on their back. So sure. how could somebody demonstrate that to you? Like the different skills that like the commitment or like what, what do you see, you know, and it's interesting because, and I ask you this, like, because it's interesting, like I covered career fairs and I've been doing the radio, this radio show at Ryder for about 
it's this is seven a little over seven years and in covering the i never thought anything about career fairs i always thought mm. career fairs ah, they're just collecting resume blah 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 nothing really happened you know so i yeah. didn't i wouldn't really put too much credence into it from a vendor or even from a you know person trying to get hired until i until i start covering the career fairs at rider um and i interviewed during the show during the we would cover it like so we'd have different employers come on to the show and share like what what's that it factor? What do you look for? Like here you have 20 seconds with a person, a minute with a person. They're passing by your booth and you know, they give you this resume, you glance over it for 10 seconds, but you have this person in front of you, you shake their hand. What do you look for? Like what? And it was interesting because like, I, I'm curious to hear your feedback and then I'll share with you like what's, what, what was a common answer? Yeah, so for me, uh, I would use my own experience. When I interviewed for my job coming out of the military, I did not have the civilian industrial security experience. But they took a chance on me because they saw, based on my history, that I did have a commitment and a, uh, a sustained career of excellence, right? That's hard with a yeah. college student or, or, or an entry level employee coming into the company. But even, so, even like a season, like, you know, because like some of our listeners, there's, there's college right on through retired professional. So, mm -hmm. you know, like even with, you know, some of the professionals, they've been moving sometimes two and three jo jobs, like two or three years moving around into different companies just because of the economic landscape, you know? Yeah. I like the, I like the notion of being able to, you know, you, you talk about meeting with somebody, somebody that may be passionate about what they're doing, Right. And if they're passionate about it or they're passionate to learn. And again, for me, it's coachable, right? If you're coachable, I'll take the chance on you, right? Because I was given that opportunity as well. So if you're going to show that you have that passion or you want to learn something different, again, how would I hire somebody that had a marketing degree or a marketing background <laughs> and in, in radio to do what we do? right? It was a total yeah. gamble, but there was something that, that she had, she had that it thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. She said, man, she's going to be good. And, and honestly, I can remember from that interview, it was, wow, we're not going to be able to afford to take her. That's, that's how good she was in the interview. Wow. So she showed her passion. She showed, you know, she said, I am taking a leap of faith out of something that I'm comfortable doing to do something I have no idea about. And I said, I'm all in. Wow. That's really, you know, and that's, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that. And it's exciting to hear that, that you, you know, as a hiring manager would take that type of offer, you know, take that kind of risk on somebody. And, and I, you know, in, in doing the interviews of the different employers, it's interesting because it's a, a lot of them said similar things. Like when you meet somebody, it's that connection. It's, you know, it's building the rapport. It's, you know, it's showing, it's just be yourself. You know, and it was interesting because the best advice that different employers had was similar to that. Just be yourself, you know, yeah, you bring show up, your enthusiasm. You bring, up, you bring up a really good point, which is as part of the interview process, no matter how short it is, there has to be a fit, right? So not only do we have to fit for them, they have to, they want to make sure that we are a fit for them as well, right? Yeah. And they are fit for us, right? So, um, when you see that 
from the disposition and how they handle themselves and say, you know what, this person's going to be good for the team because I'm all about the team, not about an individual, right? right? So if you could show that you could be a teammate and you're willing to partner with others in order to be successful, total win for me. And then I could see in the radio station, like her radio experience, that would be team teamwork because there's no I in that team right, <laughs> like, right you know what I mean right. like everybody's mm-hmm. got their hand in the success mm-hmm. and that's one thing too like the station manager he he consistently drives that there's no I in this team mm-hmm. you know like everybody it's everybody's win and he always says too like that the different awards that the station has won it's everybody's win and right. that's how like he's invited me to different you know like when they're having the different award ceremonies he's like you had a part in this too you know and it's yeah, not that's just awesome. you know me and then that's, yeah, I, I love the powerful. team yeah, yeah I love powerful. the team recognition there clearly there's you know those individuals that stand out right yeah but I, I I have never met somebody who's been successful or who's doing really well who just says hey it's it's all because of me right they they're it's collective team from the leaders to the mentors, to their subordinates, whatever the case may be, it's a collective team effort. And it's interesting too, because uh, one of the things too, like in looking at Lockheed, if it has that military, like there's, they're heavy in hiring military, having that kind of cultural fit, you know, like transitioning, that's a big challenge for, you know, we started to touch on, like, as far as people transitioning from the military, because I think they lose their way when things don't. And I think maybe in talking to you, I'm getting a little haha moment that maybe that's why they're perceived as difficult because they get, dis- they get discouraged, you know, because yeah. they're in a process and they may voice their discouragement trying to set process, trying to set organization, because that's what they know. I don't know. I'm, I'm reaching yeah. here, you know, yeah. I'm trying to think. And not having, you know, a bunch of empirical data in front of me to say, yeah, this is the reason why. I think that's a good point. Um, but I, I also think that it's just the, the ability to assimilate into a totally different culture. You know, Lockheed Martin's a company of 100,000 plus employees, mm-hmm. and we have five different business areas. Each one of those business areas are different and each one of the business units are different. So Morristown, New Jersey site is different from the site that I have here in Orlando with the same company, right? Which is different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but, but we work well together. And so that's to to collectively meet the needs and the mission of the company and the goals of the company. And that's going back to the culture of the team. And that's Mm -hmm. coming down like from the top to the bottom. And then, you know, I, I think it's exciting too, you know, that you're not just looking at people that would have like military background and, mm-hmm. and that there are, yeah. you know, especially with that example that you shared, that there is the opportunity, even if you don't have that. Um, and there again, it cements the point that uh, 65% of it is that fit, that cultural right. connection. And, right. and, you know, am I going to fit in? Am I going to, do I have the personality to, you know, to, to be successful and drive success for the organization and, and where I'm going to flourish? It's kind of like sticking a plant somewhere where it's not going to thrive. It's right. going to die. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have optimal conditions and, and I think some people lose sight of that when they look at different companies and they select companies they want to apply for, they think, you know, oh, it's a, you know, it's a sexy company or it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's like a, you know, <laughs> like, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, 
they may not be good in that company. Right. <laughs> and I think some right. people, you know, they, they forget about that. So it's, it's exciting. And we're getting a little message too from me at the I know we got to go to break. You were listening to Your Career is Polling. This is Wanda Ellett with the intriguing Eva Gown. And uh, he is sharing some great insight into his superpower of developing people and developing his team. And I think driving excellence and, 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 and expecting people to do better. Uh, we'll be right back after a short break. Hello, operator. Will you please let me have Alexander 4444? Line is busy. We're back. And you don't need an operator to get your career on the road to success. All you need is Wanda Ellett. Now let's go on the other line with Your Career's Calling. And we're back. This is Wanda Ellett in the Clarence Public House studio at Ryder University Radio Station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And today I'm here with the really fascinating Ed McGowan, and he's been sharing some great insight into his uh, superpower of developing people and striving excellence, and I think expecting excellence from people. And um, before we continue our conversation, we have our producer, Anthony Colasano, with his segment, Finding Your Future. Adulting, going to work, choosing a career. Sounds difficult, right? Well, not anymore. Your Career is Calling presents Finding Your Future. Our producer will clear up career confusion each week and shine a light on available job listings, including how to apply and get in contact with featured employers. Get the latest tips on how you can better your career path with Finding Your Future. Underwritten in part by Career Development and Success at Rider University. For information online, it's rider.edu forward slash careers. Now, here's our producer with this week's segment of Finding Your Future. International Planning Alliance is looking for a financial representative in their New Jersey office. The company is looking for someone who can exemplify the following. Marketing your practice through referrals and social media, consulting with clients to assess financial needs and goals, designing strategies to fit clients' financial needs using the living balance sheet, working with other financial professionals like attorneys and CPAs to help clients meet their overall financial goals. If you're interested in this job, visit Rider University's Handshake website to find more information about this job and other jobs as well. This has been Anthony Nicole Sano with this week's edition of Finding Your Future. That's a wrap for this week's segment of Finding Your Future. Our producer will be back next week with more available job listings and tips for your career. Finding Your Future is underwritten in part by Career Development and Success at Rider University. For information online, it's rider.edu forward slash careers. See you next Sunday for Finding Your Future exclusively on Your Career is Calling on 1077 The Bronx. Excellent job, Anthony. Excellent job. So, Ed, we've talked, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked a lot about your, your background and, you know, how you made the transition. You had a great career with Air Force for many years. Then you transitioned and had the opportunity to transition into Lockheed Martin Space. And uh, you've had a, a great experience there for many years. And uh, we talked about your, you know, uh, like, how you uh, select people and some of the criteria that you look for in people and your team um, and, and what would make you stand out really in, in the interview process or, you know, just really being yourself. So with this pandemic, I'm sure that there's many people who are also like, just like with the recession uh, a few years, 10, what was it? 12 years ago. Um, there were a number of people who were moving for their, mm. their, you know, across country or different states, or they, they moved for different opportunities. Uh, you want to share some insight on that? Yeah. So obviously coming from the military, that's 
that's what we do. Uh, and I think probably when I was in, it was more than it is today. But in my 40 year career, I've moved at least 15 times, 14, 15 times. I'm not quite sure you could even count one, but I lived in California for a year um, in 2018, but I was on the road so much for business travel that I was only there for like a hundred days. But certainly the, the, the ability to be flexible and wanting to, to move from your comfort zone to yeah. go somewhere in another country and or in another state is a big deal. And so I've lived overseas, you know, for 10 or 12 years. I've got 25 years of international experience, a lot of international travel, and a lot of it had to do with coming out of that comfort zone. And quite honestly, taking those opportunities where what, what my aspiration was. And so my, my aspiration was to grow and develop and, and incrementally move up. And those opportunities allowed me, by taking those opportunities, it allowed me to do that. So I would say that, you know, if sometimes we get stuck in a bubble where we say, there's no opportunity for me to grow here. If you're in a large company, kind of like my company, you know, we have over 2,000 job openings right now, probably more than that. It's probably really underestimating. So if you are a security professional like myself and you're living in Orlando, Florida, but there's an opportunity, a growth opportunity for you to go to Denver, Colorado or Sunnyvale, California, take that leap and go and be comfortable with that. And so you can't just say there's no opportunities for me. There may not be locally. But if you're with a company or if you go outside your own company to go look at somebody else or some within the same industry, take those opportunities and go. And you'll be surprised how many, how you actually grow develop personally. But you'll be really, really surprised on how easily change comes even within your own discipline to do different things that you're traditionally a subject matter expert in, right? You kind of can float out of that and do other things and be much more, um, versatile and yeah. not not just pigeonholed into one disposition that's true you know i think that that's you know i don't know if you could give any insight like how you know, because like you're talking to somebody who's i've lived in jersey my whole life like granted i've had some great opportunities within my career you know working in the city and, and being so close to new york you know i've worked in new york for many years and you know with larger companies but you know I guess I had uh, commitments, you know, elder care commitments. And so that like kind of tied me in um, mm. for many years, but having the deck cleared of that, um, you know, it's interesting. Like how, do you have any insight? Like how, how would you, like, I guess for you, it's like tying your shoe, but thinking yeah. back, you know, like yeah. when you first yeah. had to do it, like. Right. I, I think it, it was stressful. I, you know, first of all, I went into the Air Force, not to get away from home, but to do something different. And then, of course, being from Long Island, New York, my first duty assignment was in Rome, New York, just five hours north. So I didn't go far from home. But then, you know, when you have 160 inches of snow in upstate New York, you say I'm out, right? So, <laughs> I, And I wanted to go anywhere internationally. And I went to Korea. And I went to Korea with the notion of just go there. And, you know, I think the military is probably, well, the military is a lot different, right? As my brother yeah. says, Ed, Ed you, you know, you were within the four walls with other military members. So you may have been in a foreign country, but you're within those four walls with a bunch of American people. 
but I didn't approach it like that. I approached it to the point where I wanted to learn the culture and I wanted to kind of assimilate, right? We talked about assimilation yeah. earlier. I wanted to assimilate into that culture as much as I can. I wound up living in Korea for seven years, three yeah. different tours, and then even Japan. So, you know, I have an affinity for the Pacific area in Asia. So, yeah. um, but definitely it's stressful, but you know, you kind of go in and say, hey, look, right, I'm going into an environment where there are people like me, right? Or there's others there that I'm going to be with. I never took an opportunity to work for an international company solely where I was the only American, right? Uh, and we don't traditionally have that in my company either. So if you're able to go with that, with the sense of, yeah, you know, it's going to be okay and embrace the ability to learn either another country or even another state, right? Those yeah. who come from the Northeast, going to Huntsville, Alabama may be a culture shock for you. I lived in Texas for 13 years. Texas, you know, I always thought Texas was hot. Not true, right? There's different what things. But Texas is different from New York, right? Yeah. But I think having the ability to go to different places, you build that courage and that confidence and able to say, you know what, if I did it here, I could do it anywhere. But you got to take that first step first. Yeah, and I think at this time, you know, there's a number of people that are looking at different opportunities. And I think that that's, that's great advice. And we're getting another little signal from Anthony. We got to go into another break. This is going so fast that you're listening to. Uh, this is Wanda Ellett uh, with Your Career is Calling. And I have the amazing Ed McGowan. And he has uh, been sharing some great insight into his superpower of expecting excellence, I think, from your people and, and developing his people uh, to do and be better. And we'll be right back after a short break. Hello, operator. Will you please let me have Alexander 4444? Line is busy. We're back. And you don't need an operator to get your career on the road to success. All you need is Wanda Ellett. Now let's go on the other line with Your Career is Calling. And we're back. And Ed, it's, I've been doing this show for over seven years, and I say it every week. Like, every week. This week, it went really super fast. Like, I just feel like we really just sat down, and this has just been such a fast hour. Uh, do you have any last bits of wisdom? Well, first, let me say thank you. This is a, a tremendous opportunity, one that I probably wouldn't have seeked on my own. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you've made this very easily for me, you and Anthony. So I, I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you. Know, you. I, don't have, I don't have, you know, words of wisdom, but I would say, you know, to the, to the folks that are listening, uh, for me, uh, I think it's important to develop those that are going to be coming up to take my place in the positions that I've always had. But it's also, it's also important for me not to sit back on my laurels and say, hey, you know what, this is great. I'm just gonna sit back here, collect the salary and not do anything. And I, I, I constantly go back to that theme of commitment. So I would say that you know, if you want to take a career, don't be fearful of it. If you own it and you're, you, and you're coachable, Think about change if you don't want to do what you're currently doing. If you're tired, tired of what you're doing, go do something differently. Have the confidence that you can do it. But if you choose to do so, just make sure that you're committed to it. And try to do the best that you can to learn everything. Part of my insecurities uh, in my 40 years has always been not wanting to have the, the, the answer for my boss. So, you know, I, I, was, I was very, very in tune to studying and learning the business. Um, 
early on in my career. That's probably why I fell into the training world. So I would say commitment oh, that's interesting. and adaptability. Just be adapt, you know, adapt yourself to the change and, and go with it. And it'll probably be better than you think. And when you look back at it, you're, you're going to say that's probably not as hard as you thought it was going to be. And I think just being open to the different opportunities, it's amazing, you know, when you put the different intentions out there, how the universe, things just appear, you know, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes like, it's interesting to see how things, you know, unfold. And sometimes right. when you're, where you're, when you're in a place where you're not supposed to be, you keep getting the same response. And, mm -hmm. and it's like this, this vicious cycle. And then, you right. know, when you're where you're supposed to be, things just flourish and things are just like yeah. all cylinders are going like everything's, you know, you have a pot on every burner on the stove, but you're able to manage it. And it's just cooking, everything's going at a good steam, everything's under control and, you know, and everything's happening and, and you're getting and more and more. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's envious of you also, right? Because I think and this is maybe the curse of the military, not necessarily in a negative way. But yeah. for me, uh, redundancy becomes very, I can't do it. So I need to change in order to excite me, right? So, you know, yeah. we talked about before you self-actualize. I, I have to have constant change in order to keep me fresh. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that, you know? Mm -hmm. I never thought about like how you're, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I, I say that I call that the shiny toy or shiny yeah. thing syndrome. One Once of my friends dull. has that. <laughs> you know, oh, I need a new shiny thing, you know? That's and right. Shiny things excited. It is just like, you know, we've had this conversation. Like sometimes mm -hmm. he's, you know, he gets in this, he's dangerous. He's dangerous when he's when he's bored. It's like, oh God, give him something new to do, right. <laughs> because it's 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 yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could get himself into trouble, and it's just mm -hmm. like, oh please. And then you know, it's funny because then when he finds something new, it's kind of like I always breathe a sigh of relief because it's just kind of like oh, the new shiny. He's gonna be thing. quiet for a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> And he'll be learning everything he can about it, you know. So it's it's funny. We're very, you know, it's interesting to see like that how that would translate also into military people, you know. And and now that I think about it, it's interesting because like I think even about my own father. We were always working on a new project, you know, and we were always like, you know, we would finish something, and I thought we could finesse it and just like improve on it. But no, it was like some. <laughs> Thing. No, no, like crazy new, like that was just totally different, you know. So now that makes sense <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 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 ah, ah, because I was just like we would go from gardening and and learning, you know, different things about gardening to solar cells, like how to build I'm not a doing solar. gardening. Yeah, I'm not like, going to do gardening. <laughs> well, you still had to have that done you know right but now right. we're gonna learn about solar panels you know like how to right. build a solar cell and i'm like what <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. there's so much more to learn here so mm -hmm. it, but this has been exciting and it's also i've had so many aha moments during this you know like so i appreciate it and i think it's been some great insight. so how can people get in touch with you sure so i'm on linkedin under edward mcgowan and, um, you know, if there are opportunities that folks are seeking within my company, um, 
you know, I'm kind of a homer for my company. I love them, you know, not only for what we do for the warfighter and our country, but quite honestly, our commitment to our communities. Lockheed Martin is tremendously committed to our communities. You know, um, we have given uh, millions of dollars to our local communities, not only for this crisis that we are currently in, but every day. It's something that we do. We are part of our makeup and our our commitment is to our community because of the importance of it. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in it, we have thousands of opportunities out there. Um, go to Globally, the Lockheed right? Martin. Sure, worldwide. Um, we have positions worldwide and uh, throughout the entire country. So, um, you look me up on LinkedIn if you want. And if you have any questions about my company or anything else, I'm more than happy to field those questions. Well, this has really been great. I, I can't tell you. I can't thank you enough for the time you've shared with us. Um, I, I just, it's really been phenomenal. I, I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I I've really, really well. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. to you and Anthony. Thank you very much. So, thank you. Um, I don't, uh, in closing, to learn how you can gain more information on how to manage your career, take a tour of the On Demand Library on 1077thebronc.com. Uh, where we have over seven years worth of shows on every aspect of job transition and career management um, and business management, you know, if you think about it. So you can listen to us anywhere as you can download the 1077 The Bronx free iPhone or Android apps from the App Store. You simply search WRRC1 or WRRC2. And we would love to hear from you during the week. You can check out and like our Facebook pages, Your Career is Calling, G45 Consulting, WandaElit.com. Um, and you can check out uh, website pages, g45consulting.com, uh, where you can learn more about the Secret Mentor Society and the Secret Mentor Society Bootcamp. So if you're having challenges with your job search, it's a 10-day intensive course that has proven to drive results for alumni. Uh, the next seat class that I have availability is in the uh, June class. So if you'd like to join me, I really would love to have you. And you can connect to me on LinkedIn or send me an email at wanda at g45consulting.com. And I'd like to thank our producer, uh, Anthony Calasano, for another fantastic job. And also the Bronx General Manager, John Moses. Special thanks to our underwriters, G45 Consulting, Harwell Express Press, and Ryder University's Office of Career Development and Success for making this hour possible. Uh, we could not do this hour without their support. And lastly, I would like to thank our listeners. You know, you people who are listening in, if this is your first time or hundredth time, uh, thank you. And um, I really appreciate it. Uh, I remember you need to own your career, keep networking alive, and I'm going to be here next week with another fantastic guest. And I really hope you have a fantastic week and enjoy your time with your family. And thank you. When our show comes to a close, a door of opportunity opens. Thank you for listening to Your Career is Calling with Wanda Ellett of G45 Consulting on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Join Wanda and her who's who of guests and career consultants next Sunday at 8 a.m. for even more advice on controlling your career path. To check out our past episodes, go to 1077thebronc.com and Apple iTunes to download and listen to our past shows. Simply search Your Career is Calling. Your Career is Calling is underwritten by G45 Consulting. Harwell Express Press in Lawrenceville, and career development and success at Rider University. We hope you answer our call next Sunday at 8 a.m. for our next edition of Your Career is Calling, only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com.